Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello. Good morning. Welcome back. It's morning for me, so good morning. And this morning I woke up with my head full of West Side Story music because I went to see the remake that Steven Spielberg made and it was delightful for the most part. And it brought back a lot of memories. I remember when we were kids, we would watch that movie every time it came out on TV. And I have a distinct memory of uh, we had a small black and white TV that we took out, it was probably a 12 inch, it was tiny, that we took out of the cabinet and plugged in in the kitchen and put it on the kitchen table and we watched TV there. And I have a distinct memory of watching West Side Story and my brother just slumped over the table and weeping at the end of that movie because it was iconic and beautiful and romantic and sad. And we knew Shakespeare quite well at that point, so we really could draw all the lines and all the parallels. And I thought that was um, really well done in this new one too, that they really brought in the Shakespeare in a beautiful way because Tony Kushner is a theater person and so he knows what he's doing. In any case, beautiful music going in my head today. And I'm going to continue telling, uh, telling you about junior year. Junior year when a lot of things changed. So my dear friend, Marsha, got her license uh, early in junior year, which was so lucky. I mean, she, she was born, I guess, early, her birthday. And she came and picked me up as soon as she got it in her hands. And on the way to her house, we had five near accidents. <laughs> it was horrifying. And I wrote in my diary, I can't believe anyone would give her a license. What in the world are they thinking? And I still hadn't had mine. So I was jealous also, but... Um, she was my means of transportation for a while there and I took my very first test and failed because I was testing in that van, that van that we drove cross country, which was a standard shift, uh, you know, regular size van, Ford van. And my mom had taught me the whole marriage of the clutch and the accelerator, but the guy getting into the van with the teenager was already petrified, right? So we had our test. I had my test in Nyack and I pulled up to parallel parking. I was a genius at parallel parking at that point already. And I am now, I have to say, little bragging, I'm an amazing parallel parker. I could get into the tiniest spot in New York City. And in any case, I pulled up and the guy was like <gasps> looking at the car next to us on the right and i did a perfect job of parallel parking but he failed me for near accident with a parked car 
because he thought I was too close and I had estimated it perfectly and I was really angry. So as a result, junior year, I did spend a lot of time with Marsha. I mean, I did anyway because she, we were great friends. Um, but then I talk about in my diary my first Madrigals concert and oh my goodness, this was something that left me feeling so delighted and just high on art and music and how all of that made me feel. I just was dancing in my costume. Oh, we all had to make our own costumes or have someone make them for us. So I was actually putting the finishing touches on my Renaissance costume <laughs> just before we were supposed to have the concert. And it was a concert for um, Music Boosters Association dinner who were people who were, you know, getting money together so that the music department could thrive. Even in those days, art wasn't valued enough in the school system, unfortunately. And my brother was in the Troubadours, which was a group of, you know, boys singing, and they were terrific, and they sang lots of high-energy songs, which were very fun, barbershop style. And then we performed also the Madrigals, and it was our first performance. And I was so, so nervous, but my sweet friend Paul, who was on my other side, um, because everybody walked in in pairs and partners and their costumes were supposed to match and such. So I was in blue and my partner Dennis was in blue and Paul was in green and his partner Jeanette was in green. And um, it, it, it was just a beautiful sight for the eyes and uh, delight for the ears because we had rehearsed so much and we were tight. It was amazing. And I remember looking out in the audience and seeing my mom crying and it was great. Um, and I was just, he was, Paul was so sweet to me and saying, you know, don't worry. I, I remember when I was nervous, my first one, and we had to hold hands in the back row. So he would squeeze, he was squeezing my hand and smiling at me. He's just like, look at me, look at me. It'll be fine. And it was amazing. I was so happy, so happy. and knew that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my high school career, at least. So... I became great friends with the people in the Madrigal group and Paul was my dear, dear friend at that time. And he was going out with this beautiful blonde named Jolene from Pearl River, which was ooh, far away. And I don't, we weren't really aware of the rivalries of football teams and such. So we didn't have that problem. So we went to a party at her house where there were all kinds of people from all kinds of places, which was really fun. And, you know, I was a little nervous and didn't know people except for Paul and Jolene themselves. Um, and I I said, you know, I, I didn't get comfortable until I went outside and smoked a bowl with my friends. And then I, something must have gone wrong there because I was either hallucinating or something. I remember seeing a guy who I thought had a mustache all the way around his nose. And it turns out that he had been in a car accident, but I was like, I couldn't get that image out of my head and I was, I was like freaking out. So we decided it was time to leave. But John, my friend who I'd come with, he called his mom. His mom wasn't able to, she was already sleeping. And I called my mom and I said, I let it ring 25 times and she didn't pick it up. 
So nobody was there to pick us up. So we caught a ride to my friend Paul's house, which was about halfway home. And then we decided to walk. And it was like 1230 at night. And we walked part of the way and then we hitchhiked. We got a ride in the back of a pickup truck to another part of the way. But we're talking, this is a, you know, eight minute ride in a car. So it was a long walk. All told between short rides and such, it was about a two hour walk home. I got home at two o'clock in the morning. My mom was like, where are you? And I was like, well, I tried to call you. Mm. Anyway, I didn't tell her we'd walked. I told her we caught a ride. But yeah, I was, you know, my friend Paul was also very much crushing on me. So I was at the moment I was in the midst of all of these boys who were floating around and kind of I was interested in some and some were interested in me. And uh, my friend Marsha had these kids who she had gone to camp with, who we talked with on the phone sometimes from her house. And they sounded like fun guys and they were very funny and, you know, very, um, and she spoke about them nonstop. So we made a date to see a couple of them one night and ended up because she had a big blue car like a, it was her dad's I guess it was a Cadillac or something and so we ended up doing the double date making out thing where she was making out with one of them in the front seat and I was making out with the other one in the back seat whatever okay and the one in the front seat her guy that she liked a lot he was like hey why don't we switch and we ended up doing that because we were like, okay, it'll be uncool if we don't. So we switched and we started making out with the other guy. And that was weird and ended up having a lot of ramifications. There was still, you know, I was still so confused about a lot of things. And actually I'm gonna, I'm gonna digress for a moment because I'm gonna tell you where that, some of that confusion came from because it's a funny story that I forgot to tell. Um, when my mom first moved back in, and as I got a little bit older, she decided that, well, if you're old enough to babysit, then you're old enough to be left alone so that she could go out, right? And I think I was 12 and my brother was 10. And we were, you know, not worldly and savvy kids. We were, we had been sheltered and, you know, kept under watch the whole time up until then so we didn't really have any basis for like okay well how do we take care of ourselves what do we do kind of thing I mean we did you know we could do dishes and cook things I suppose but we were basically terrified and I'm coming to why this is confusion in terms of sexuality but the first part is that we were basically terrified and so we made this elaborate defense plan of our home and we would lock all the doors and then we would go to the kitchen and we would take out anything that looked like a weapon knives and you know meat mallets and things like that and we would place different ones by different doors so that we had this you know defense system in place in case anyone came in via any door at all we would be ready to pounce on them and stab the shit out of them I guess 
<laughs> it's crazy. But, um, and then in the midst of this, we had to get as far away from the downstairs as we could. So we were, go we would go up to my mom's room, which was most of the time forbidden. We weren't allowed up there and we would go and explore like, why aren't we allowed up here? What is there? And we discovered at one point, because there was a little tiny door that led to a very small crawl space of an attic um, that came through her bedroom. And we discovered a box full of Playboy magazines. <laughs> and this was a revelation because we, what did I, we didn't know anything about porn. And we thought somehow that mom used these for art. <laughs> so we were leafing through them, but Playboy magazine is quite an education, I have to say, in some ways. And what I distinctly remember is being absolutely horrified by the cartoons of the old woman with the long, pendulous, sagging boobs who, you know, was predatory on young men all the time. That was interesting. Um, yeah, so that was part of my sexual education, I suppose. So this friend of Marsha's, who I ended up dating somewhat, um, only for a couple of times, he decided that I was his property and he was suddenly very possessive and very jealous and had this, you know, relationship with him that only lasted a couple of weeks. And it was by phone and by letters and such. And then he, he got the impression that I didn't want to be with him and that I wanted to be with one of Marsha's other friends, which I don't even think it was even true, but he wrote me this scathing letter, scathing, horrifying letter about how if so-and-so hadn't been there, I probably would have recorded my 100th, pardon me, fuck, and, um, you know, what a slut I was and this and that and the other. And I was so horrified because I was doing what I thought was what they all wanted us to do. And I, I just couldn't understand at all what had gone wrong and where, where, what we were supposed to have done. So I just, I was just flabbergasted and confused. And I wrote back to him this letter, you know, that was just hurt and really angry because in his letter, he had also really slandered his friend who was my friend. And I didn't even want to show her the letter because it was so offensive. So I wrote him back a scathing response and I ended up by saying, if you don't lower yourself to talk to anyone who's lower than yourself, you're going to be very lonely. <laughs> and I said, read these. I sent him a bunch of quotes because quotes were my things. Read these and learn from true artists. And I said, don't even bother writing to me again. Save the 13 cents. <laughs> and then we devised a credo punishment for him. Marsha and I, and his punishment was that he gives head to a dead moose's just dating scumbag in hell, which according to their contract, he cleans on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays and alternate Sundays. And the scumbag see above cleans on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays and alternate Sundays. 
Yes, we were a bunch of strange <laughs> children. <laughs> but I will leave you today with the sad fact that I also failed my second road test. And that is because I took it in on January 6th. And the whole, we had had a terrible, terrible snowstorm. And the whole place was frozen and our car was frozen in so i got there late and the car was very cold the said van again so i had to uh, i i said i kept stalling out because i didn't want to rev it and scare the teacher you know the the um test instructor and he made me park on a parallel park on a snowbank instead of actually on a car so I did it way too far away. So I was freaked out by my first failure and failed again. What a huge bummer. And then I had to wait another three months to get my license. But as it was the middle of the year, I'm going to leave you with my New Year's resolutions. And it starts with, why do I smell dog crap? Why do I always smell dog crap? Probably because it's around somewhere. That being the case, I won't worry about it until I step in it. And then my re resolutions are, number one, stop acting like a fool. Number two, be sweeter and kinder friend and an all-around nicer person to be around by A, not developing a Brooklyn accent. B, knowing more and becoming at least a semi-intellectual so that I can start and carry through interesting conversations. C, making myself more attractive by keeping physically fit. D, really trying to understand when people tell me what they're thinking. E, not cursing so much. F, paying attention when I'm being spoken to and not gazing around. Then number three, becoming a really good photographer and living up to the status of owning a Nikon. Four, keeping my grades up in school, especially in math. Five, being organized. Six, improving my environment. Seven, becoming a good skier. Eight, becoming, quote, classy, unquote. Nine, gain many new and interesting experiences for use as an actress and also for use in the quote symphony of life unquote 10 concentrating on my writing and getting into the habit of snatching up a piece of paper on or this notebook when i feel inspired by anything 11 becoming more expressive and using new words 12 finishing anything i start 13 becoming more responsible and more mature 14 Passing my goddamn road test and getting a job. There are many more, which I cannot at this moment elucidate in the great screen of my mind. So it goes. Yes, we were very into Vonnegut at that time as well. So, so it goes. <laughs> a chapter from my junior year. There's more to come. This was a long episode. Thank you for hanging in there. And I'll see you next time. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com.
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.